Good evening and welcome to tonight's live show here on the Frommis channel. We are talking comic book movies tonight. We're talking The Flash of this weird stringy piece of hair just being all renegade-ish. So I'm going to remove that for a second. Yeah. We're talking about the Flash movie. This is one of my, this was one of my most anticipated films of the year. Uh, I was really looking forward to this one, big time, big time. And uh, I have to say, it delivered um, hand over foot. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right, right, right euphemism to, to use here. Hand over foot, it delivered. I, I really enjoyed the crap out of it. And uh, so hard. So if you have not seen The Flash yet, you do not want to be on the stream. I, I'm telling you right now, avoid the stream. We're doing a full, full-on, spoiler-heavy uh, review, talking about The Flash, um, the things that I liked, the things that I loved, and the things, there are a few things that maybe didn't quite work for me. Uh, but that's neither here nor there because again, and I got to tell you, it really was, it was worth, it was worth the wait. It, it truly was. I took my son, it's father's day weekend. What better movie to see for father's day weekend. And, you know, like I'm amazed. I'm amazed that in the year 2023, I'm taking my son, my seven year old son to see a super, superhero movie a brand new superhero movie where michael keaton is playing batman i mean that's amazing michael keaton isn't my favorite batman but he was my batman he was one of my batman growing up and uh so there it, i definitely feel a sense of ownership over that 90s he's like the 90s batman the original 90s batman though batman's 89 so you know it's it's like I mean, it's just insane to think like here almost 30 years later, this guy is once again donning the cape and cowl. What's up, Adam? Adam's asking, uh, I want to be on this show tonight, but I'm not going until tomorrow. I've been waiting to see Michael Keaton since 19. Please leave, Adam. I'm advising you to leave now. Uh, you do not want to have any of this spoiled. You want to be shocked at everything that you see. And there are things to shock for sure. And before we get in, before we get into it all, I guess, or maybe I should, how do I wait? I don't even know. I guess let's just get into it. Let's get into it. And we'll, 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 we'll take it. We'll take it from, from, we'll take it as it comes. Okay. So this was a long gestating film. Snyder, part of the technically part of the Snyderverse, still part of the Snyderverse. Of course, it's the Snyderverse. You, you have oh one last thing before we get started. This is this is this is big. This is big. Let me put this on front street here. This movie has been incredibly. He says Adam says three generations of us are tomorrow. I'll check in tomorrow. I have a good show. Hey, enjoy yourself. Enjoy enjoy the time with three generations going to see me. That's going to be very special. Make sure you take pictures in front of the poster uh, for memories. Right. Um, I just want to take a quick second before we get started to just acknowledge that there, yes, there's controversy with this film uh, surrounding Ezra Miller, uh, who I have always enjoyed as an actor, as an actor. He's great. Have you ever seen, we need to talk about Kevin 
or the perks of being a wallflower. The dude is a great, uh, they are a great actor, but you know, there's a lot, I mean, a lot of stuff has happened outside of this movie, a lot of controversy that is inevitably tied to this movie. So I just want to say that I'm putting all of that on a shelf. I'm not interested in discussing it. It has nothing to do with anything that we are going to be tackling here. So there's no point in bringing it up. I don't want to talk about it. I'm not saying I'm not, I don't condone his behavior or anything. And it's like the fact that these things get so tangled up is become incredibly frustrating on some levels. It, 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 and some levels it tracks and on other levels, it's like, you know, just let's not talk about it, man. Let's focus on the movie. Let's focus on the art evening, Ron. How are you, Ron? Ron, happy father's day to you and uh hope you have a great time with your family tomorrow ron ron is the patriarch of a he has a very large family good for ron um yeah so i don't want to talk about that any of that stuff so let's not so there's no point don't you know i'm just gonna graze over i'm not gonna acknowledge those comments okay it's it's messed up it's a messed up situation i don't know all the particulars i've heard you know some of the bigger things whatever the things i just I just want to talk about the movie itself. So that's what we're going to do. Okay. Putting that aside, right? We've, we've taught, we've acknowledged that and we are putting it aside and we're going to specifically talk. Thank you, Ron. We're going to specifically talk about the movie. Our King says, don't care much for superhero films other than the Batman one. So I'll just YouTube the Michael Keaton scenes. There you go. That that's, that is always, uh, that that's always a solution as well, for sure. Okay, so the Snyderverse has been kind of a mess. I mean, DC really, they, they tried to do something completely different from what Marvel was doing. They are trying to, they were trying to world build with these with these movies and they, they went about it in a very sort of messy way and, you know, with varying degrees of success. They probably dropped the greatest ball when they 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 took their when they took Zack Snyder out of the uh, the seat, and Zack Snyder had very good reason not to be there. Should he have not wanted to be there? I don't know what the I don't know if he was pushed out or if he chose he wanted to leave temporarily. You know, he had a a real tragedy. And you know, speaking of Father's Day, my God, he had a the the worst tragedy that could befall a a father. Uh, one of the worst tragedies, I would say. Day. that could befall father of any child and um they replaced him with joss whedon and they made that god-awful justice league film that just you know i mean people a lot of people i feel like batman versus superman starting to get a little bit of legs now people are starting to like forgive it for some of its uh more atrocious uh qualities but that justice league movie was just we and we saw what we were really missing when we saw the Snyder cut, which I also think has opened the door for more Snyder cuts. Snyder cuts. Snyder cut has become like a, it's become like a what's it call it like a um a metaphor now for films like cuts of films that we want to see release the Snyder cut and it's it's an example of like when it goes right because the Snyder cut is really good especially those last forty five minutes and the Flash stuff within the Snyder cut is the best man i kind of wish it was snyder who had directed this movie 
Andy um, Shetty, I think that's how you pronounce his name, who did the It movies. He did a fine job. No, 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 uh, uh, no, not knocking Andy at all. I'm just saying, just for the sake of continuity, I almost kind of wish that Snyder, um, Snyder was behind the helm. And we do get cameos from four fifths of the Justice League. The only one, the glaring, the glaring uh, missing uh actor the 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 one henry cavill is missing as superman although we briefly see him on the tv so you could technically say that superman does make does make a small tiny faceless cameo giving us all five members of the justice league uh from the snyder snyder movie so there's that so there's that um yeah they just they keep like these last few movies from the dceu as they call it have just sort of limped limped out wonder woman was a big success the sequel not so much iron man was sort of a smash hit iron man was like not iron man what am i saying iron man aquaman aquaman was really campy in the best way i mean really i have not revisited that movie yet but i feel like I, I feel like I am really going to like revisiting that movie someday when I choose to do it. Um, the Flash movie, again, has been weighed down with all sorts of production issues that we are not going to particularly discuss. I just don't want to uh, discuss any of that. I just want to judge the movie on its merits as a movie. And um, and it's also sort of, you know, it's supposed to be an Aquaman 2 that's going to come out. I don't know if it will. I don't know what the deal is with that. I mean, it is coming out. It's kind of weird that they're ending everything with Aquaman 2. This probably would have been the better way to sort of uh, cap off the Snyderverse as we now launch into James Gunn's DCU, at which DC Universe, which I'm very excited for, even though I'm sort of weary of superhero films in general at this moment. I kind of have... I think I have Marvel fatigue, really. I don't know. I just have fatigue, man. Like, I still go to see them all, especially I got a kid that loves watching them and stuff. But, like, you know, I'm kind of over it for the most part. Uh, It's, you know, but I will say since Endgame, Endgame is important. We got to mention Endgame because Endgame is the type of movie where it's like, it's like, this is so unbelievably great. How could we possibly top it? How can you top something like Endgame, it's impossible. And we've talked about this on the channel before where it's like, you know, you can't, you can't possibly do, what else are you going to do? We've done all that there is to do. There's nothing more to be done. It's all been done. And then of course, Spider-Man Far From Home said, hold my beer, no way home, no way home, said, hold my beer and gave us three Spider-Men from all previous, from all iterations, live action iterations of Spider-Man. We got Tobey Maguire, we got Andrew Garfield, and we got what essentially is not only a, a you know, the third film or, you know, a, a, the concluding film with the Marvel Universe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Tom Holland Spider-Man, but, but also gives us a final film for Andrew Garfield Spider-Man and gives us a... A um a, a fourth film for Tobey Maguire in a way it's like this inc- incredible incredible uh, masterstroke that somehow manages to equate everything that's going on in Endgame and it's actually I mean it's really good there's some weak stuff in there about the villains whatever this that and the other but it, for the most part it's a really well done film 
and the stuff with the three Spider-Men is just perfect. And then let's do it up one more. We're going to go in Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. We're going to have Spider-Man Noir, of course, voiced by uh, our favorite guy, Nicolas Cage. We've got, you know, we've got all these different Spider-Men coming on. We're going to introduce Miles Morales and uh, all that. And Miles Morales is the, the guy who takes over for the guy who takes over for uh, ultimate Peter Parker. Okay. in the ultimate comics, that's miles Morales. And I think he's currently Spider-Man right now in six, one, six continuity. That's the universe. Six, one, six is the main Marvel continuity. I believe don't quote me on that. I don't know. The point being is that like the multiverse seems to be the place to go in order to, you know, take things to the next level. And the flash somehow manages to do one. I mean, we, I, we just saw spider uh, Spider-Man across the spider verse and it had, you know, there's a, there's a T-Rex Spider-Man. You get live action. Danny Glover is the prowler. I mean, they do some really cool stuff in there. You got web slinger. Uh, you got uh, spider punk, you know, just all this really great stuff. And, and still it's like, what more could, is there anything that can kind of top this? And that was a really good movie. And I got to tell you, of all the multiverse sort of things that they've done in comic books, both Marvel and DC, all of them pale in comparison to what is accomplished in The Flash, in my personal opinion. I, I mean, maybe Spider-Man, Spider-Man almost kind of ticks the same boxes. There's something about seeing live action actors that used to play these roles all sharing the same movie but you know it theoretically uh, on paper somehow it makes sense to have three those three spider-man like it kind of works even though that seems so impossible it like when you see it you go oh yeah of course they would do that of course that makes sense and then and then the idea that that there's going to be a DC movie ready for their first big spoiler here. The biggest spoiler. <laughs> um, we're going to have three different Batman and it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to melt your mind. Batfleck. That makes sense, right? He's in the Snyderverse, but we're going to add Michael Keaton as Batman as well. The, you know, the original, the, the, the most beloved live action Batman, My, Michael Keaton, right? And then, and then let us melt your brain further. We're going to, at the very end of this movie, do something so shocking that, and I got to tell you, this was the third time I, I, there were several times where I screamed in the theater today. I actually screamed. When I say I screamed, I didn't mean like, I was like, oh, like I like that, like verbally out loud, just in shock when I saw George Clooney as Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> Can you fucking imagine? Can you imagine? And you know what's funny about that cameo too? Like, first of all, what a what a way to end a movie. But the idea that like Clooney was like, okay, I'll do this. Like, okay, I'll do this, but I'm not going to get in the bat suit. I just want to be Bruce Wayne. It was like a way maybe for Clooney to have his cake and eat it too. Because Clooney is so infamous for being the guy who supposedly killed Batman. And that's not true. He didn't kill Batman. That's a whole other conversation. Like the idea that he would return in any kind of way after all this time, he probably got paid a handsome or a handsome salary. You have to imagine he probably got a million dollars to do that. 
and it would be it, it fully worth it, fully worth the shock. I mean, that's the best goddamn freaking advertising for your movie ed- anywhere. So there is a movie, there is a non-Batman movie called The Flash in the year 2023 that features three Batman, Batman. One of them is Michael Keaton. One of them is George Clooney. And one of them is Ben Affleck. Let that sink into your mind for a minute. How crazy that is. And that's where this movie goes. And I just don't see like, there's not, I mean, and, and, you know, and that's not even the most shocking. That's not even, that's one of the most shocking things. It's probably the most, the single most shocking thing was George Clooney. Uh, There, there was one other one that just had me, I mean, I had such a non-sexual boner when I saw this, such a, such a raging non-sexual plutonic hard on when I saw this thing towards the end. And I'll tell you what it is in a, in, in a little bit, because I really want to dive into the plot and get into this and, and get into the, 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 the nitty gritty. And I realized that, that I, I left my seltzer upstairs. And because I left my seltzer upstairs, I'm going to, Oh, that's not good. I am going to talk about Riot Stickers real quick so I can go get my seltzer from upstairs. Riot Stickers is the official sponsor of the Fromus channel. You go to ridestickers.com backslash Fromus. Uh, link in the description and you can get a thousand stickers for uh, $79. That's uh, seven cents per sticker. Uh, point actually really, I've been saying it's seven cents per sticker. It's actually eight cents per sticker when you round up that 1.0% of the penny or whatever. But whatever, it's seven cents per sticker. We'll just we'll stick with that. And uh, riot stickers—they're printed on vinyl, and they have a UV coating that get, makes them very, very uh, sun resistant. They're very good in the, all the elements in the weather. You can't go wrong with riot stickers, and uh, we'll be doing something with them real soon in the in the near future. In the meantime, I'm going to play that little song. I'm going to go up. I'm going to get my seltzer. And then we are going to dive into what is going on in this movie. I will be right back. We make stickers, banners, and buttons too. Posters and promo cards. There's nothing we can't print for you. From stage backdrops to bass drum heads. We can print on shirts. We can print on hats. We can Okay, we're ready to rock. We're ready to roll. So the Flash movie picks up sometime after everything that happens in the Justice League and uh, the Snyder Cut Justice League, right? And, you know, and it's kind of sad, too, because we knew what we, we kind of got like a glimpse of what was going to be with the, the, the second Justice League movie and the third one. And we never really got it. But it's just kind of like the Justice League is a thing now. And uh, basically, it starts. It starts off with you know 
uh, Bruce Wayne. He's like the leader of the Justice League. And he is called he calls up Barry Allen, who is late for work, you know, eating uh, needs to eat. Barry Barry needs to constantly ingest calories because of his super fast metabolism. And uh, they do this whole opening. They, they open the movie with Barry uh, saving nine babies falling out of a window, uh, like a maternity ward uh, at Gotham Hospital while Batman is trying to catch some crooks from uh, a Falcone's uh, terrorist group that is that has like a, a very dangerous disease, a virus that, that could destroy, you know, kill kill many Gothamites in, in a matter of seconds. And, um, and we get this, this incredible opening sequence. I mean, just had me uh, so often. I found myself just cackling with laughter in this movie, just at some of the, you know, stuff that, that happens in it. And again, talking about the performance of Ezra Miller, not the actor or any of his, um, uh, egregious crimes and, and whatnot. Uh, his performance as Barry Allen is great. I mean, he's just great. I love what he does. I love the way he embodies the character. I love the way that he glides with the speed force, the way he runs and he does this like, he's doing this like thing. Like it's almost like he's doing like a ballet and they, the way that they capture the the speed at which the flash runs we see it for the first time in that snyder cut and it's just oh is it just like you know when i watch the snyder's can i watch the end when he has to run like super fast like it like almost brings a tear to my eye he's going so fast and he knows it like everything depends on it and uh it's just it's just a great moment of heroism i just really i just really really love it so we're getting this great scene of 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 Barry, he's saving all the babies and he hasn't eaten so he's stuffing his face with food from like a vending machine and it's just it, it is delightful it is absolutely delightful i've heard that there were some complaints about overall about the cgi in the movie and yeah there's a there's a lot of sort of you could tell the the the, the director's trying to play it off as like a stylistic choice CGI is not top top notch here. In fact, some of the CGI is very reminiscent of the CGI, the the very famous uh, mustache gate CGI from the original Justice League with uh, where 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 uh, fuck what's his name? Um, we were just talking about Joss Reed. He was uh, and was playing a bad guy with a mustache and contractually couldn't shave it. And, and the CGI in his upper lip was so, so bad. Again, I'm going to use that word egregious again because it's just such a perfect word to describe how bad the CGI was in that film. And the CGI in The Flash is not that bad, but uh, it's, it's, really, it's really rough in a lot of places. And you have to imagine this movie went through a lot of... Uh, a lot of production, a lot of post-production and, you know, uh, on a budget that was already huge, they, it seems like they maybe they skimped around a little bit in certain areas where, where they really needed to. And um, unfortunately, one of those areas was the CGI. 
but we do get a baby in a microwave uh and it's just the most let's put it this way this is one of the only movies where uh a baby in a placed in a microwave might be the most delightful thing ever like the, i don't know how else to say it they catch the bad guy they catch the bad guy and Barry, um, you know, he's bummed out. His dad was uh, imprisoned for the murder of his mother. Um, and Barry, you know, Barry's gone to, you know, school to be a criminologist or, you know, to 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 get a degree. And yeah, he wants to, like, flip the system or he's like re researching his dad's case. He just wants to free his dad. It's kind of flimsy. It's one of the more flimsy pieces in the whole thing for me, as well as the emotional core of the the emotional core of the story is is barry's relationship with his mother and it doesn't it, it doesn't quite jive for me the 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 relationship between barry and his mother it doesn't feel earned it doesn't feel um that deep it feels very on paper in that kind of way and same thing with the, the, whatever the deal with his him and his mother and his family uh, it's it's all of the overarching themes of what you do to try and save the people that you love. That's the stuff that really is really deep in this movie and and works so well. But the actual core relationship eh, is not that. It's like I had to go get a can of tomatoes, and my wife died. My wife was killed, and then you know they never explain exactly who it was. I thought we were going to get, honestly, I was predicting, I was thinking in my head, I'm thinking it's going to be Barry. It's going to be Barry or it's going to be the mom who, who, who does it to herself or Barry, some future version of Barry does it in order, has to do it in order to like save the universe. That would have been, you know, the movie never went there, but had the movie gone there, it just, it just would have been a, a flawless masterpiece to me. Like that would have just changed everything. Uh, like I said, love the movie, enjoyed it, had a great time, but that stuff did not, that, that did not, uh, that wasn't very cohesive, I guess, for lack of a better word in any case. Um, so Barry's upset about all that stuff, but you know, his, his family situation, he starts, he goes running. And the thing is, you know, for those of you who are not super familiar with what the flash flashes powers are, Flash is connected to something called the Speed Force. And um, the Speed Force is like this thing in, in DC. And, you know, um, it's just like, I don't know how to explain the Speed Force. It's something that all people who are have super speed, they all tap into the Speed Force. And it's basically like, it's like a source it's a source of energy that you could tap into that allows you to go super fast. And, you know, they play with what exactly the speed force is in DC comics. It's, you know, um, to look in the same way that they play with how, how, how much Wolverine's healing factor works, that sort of thing. So he's using the speed force and he runs so fast. He runs faster than the speed of light or what does he do? He, or he runs back. He, fi he figures out a way. This is what he does. He figures out a way to time travel. He figures out that he can actually time travel and figures out that 
if he just adds, if he does something as small and trivial as adding one can of tomatoes, because Bruce Wayne warns him, and this is like where the best stuff, the that thematic stuff I was talking about, the best stuff comes from in part from this conversation. He has a long talk with Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne, one of the three Bruce Waynes in this film. And they're talking about, you know, he's telling him, he's like, hey, I figured out how to go back in time. I could like change things. I could, I could stop your parents from, from dying. I could stop my mother from dying and save my father. And Bruce Wayne basically says, you know, you can't do that because it could have devastating consequences. All the, all the, that, that talk that you hear about like, hey, you can't mess with time, you know, time travel and the tiniest alteration could have devastating effects on the, the, the timeline and this than the other all this stuff that you hear in science fiction writing but bruce wayne says something really profound he's like it's you know um you know it's tragedy it's the things that happen to us that sort of make us who we are and define us uh to an extent and that it also can be bittersweet because he's like even though it made me who i am i'm also a lonely person you know that that whole thing too um, but it's a really poignant conversation. That's basically the gist of it is the things good and bad that happen to us make us who we are and we shouldn't want to change them uh, or that it's not good to change the things because that is what makes us us right on some, on some level. Um, what's up, Amy? Amy says, don't mess with the space time continuum. That's right. That's right. Um, good. I hope I hope things are well on uh, uh, in in your in your world and and what you do. Um, we're talking, Amy. I'm just warning you. We're talking Flash, and we're spoiling the crap out of this movie. So if you have not seen it yet, you may want to just be cautious because we are just spoiling the shit out of this movie. Aaron says that he liked the movies. Um, I really like that. I like what, what Bruce says. I, I, I kind of agree with that. It's like, you think back, think back to the things. And again, listen, obviously like, like, you know, I don't want to talk about, I, I don't want to talk about like, you know, I mean, people go through in real life, people go through terrible trauma. People have terrible things that happen to them. And, you know, there are some things that are so bad that happen to you and there's no way to find meaning in them. They're just bad and they should have never happened to you or whoever. But the, uh, so I don't want to make a too great of a generalization because that, that, that is a reality, but you know, for the most part that there are certain things in, 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 in one's life that you wish you could change. And perhaps it is those things. If you are okay on some you know, level, whatever that may be, if you're okay on some level, then perhaps like, who would you be if not for those things, you know? Um, so it's just a very profound philosophical thing that worked really well in the movie. Amy says she was in Morocco. That is awesome. Wow. That is cool. That is cool. The, the continent of Africa. I've been there once myself. Never to Morocco, though. That would be cool to go. And I'm glad that you have seen it and like the movie. That's great. Okay, so so this so we're talking about this. Uh, so, of course, you know, Barry decides he's like, I'm going to go do this anyway. I'm going to go, 
you know, speed through the, the I'm going to go back in time and save my mom. And he figures out that if he just alters one can of tomatoes, then he can save everything it has to do with cans of tomatoes, because that's what sends the dad back to the store, which starts this whole thing in the first place. And if the dad never went to the store, then someone would broke in again. They they leave like the actual details of her dying, which I guess overall end up not being very consequential. It's like her dying is not like the way she dies or who kills her is not of any consequence to the story. Um, and it's just such a missed opportunity, because like I said, you could imagine that but we get to the end of the movie and the the key is like the mom has to die and bury or a version of Barry is the one who ends up doing it. And it like blows Barry's mind. Like we net, we could have gotten that and that would have just shot the movie into a whole other stratosphere. So he goes back in time, he does the thing and then he goes back to the present. And he goes to visit mom and dad and he realizes that he's somehow in the year 2013. And that's also the year when uh, it's before, it's just when Barry gets his powers. He goes back the day that he gets his powers, and that starts a whole rigmarole because he ends up giving, he ends up bumping into a 18 year old version of himself in 2013, and he ends up helping that 2013 version of himself. We'll call him Barry 18. How about that? Barry 18. He helps Barry 18 to get his powers, right? And, um, in order to, uh, you know, make sure he's afraid. He doesn't know what it's going to happen. He's, he's already messed with time. And he's going, well, wait a minute. If I don't, if you don't get your powers, maybe then I will lose my powers. And then I won't be able to get back. So he has this whole reason for doing that. And in the process, he gets his tooth knocked out when he recreates the, or he makes sure that his 2013 uh, version of himself is, is there for the, 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 the experiment. Right. Um, Okay, Aaron says it's Dark Flash, aka Pre Flash Barry. Yeah, I got to read up on Dark Flash. I'm not, I know about Reverse Flash, and I know about uh, the Dark Racer. Who's the speed? The the death. The the there's the Speed Force death that Barry is trying to outrun, and that's what happens in Crisis on Infinite Earths and uh, uh, Final Crisis and whatnot. And that was like the last D. DC thing that I read real actually the last DC thing I read was uh Bruce Wayne RIP or uh Batman RIP by uh Grant Morrison no less so they help Barry to get his he helps Barry to get his powers Barry 18 to get his powers he knocks out his tooth in the process he loses his powers in the same accident that gives Barry 18 his powers the, the lightning bolt strikes both of them and now he has to guide Barry 18 how to use his power. So it's kind of like we get the, the Flash origin story, which is great, which I, I actually really like that. And I really like that we didn't need to like set, we didn't need to establish. He was just the Flash in the Justice League. It was just done, right? Like we see the brief accident in Batman versus Superman. That's okay too. But it's like when, when he, um, it's 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 funny how the, the third appearance of the flash is when we finally get the the real flash origin in that kind of way. So he's in he figures out that he's in 2013 with with Barry 18, 18 year old version of Barry. And um, this Barry is just way different. He never lost his mom. He takes everything for granted. It makes our Barry uh, very resentful, of course. And then, of course, General Zod comes. 
and we find out that there is no Justice League. Uh, we don't know where Diana Prince is. We don't know. Victor Stone never hasn't become Cyborg yet. Uh, Arthur Curry was never even born. Uh, they do find out that there is a Batman, and it's a shock. It's kind of a reveal. Now, here's the question I'm asking myself, and I guess like it's maybe it's not, maybe it's more rhetorical, but it turns out that this universe, this very universe, and it doesn't really line up with the comics because technically the Warner Brothers films, uh, Christopher Reeve's Superman is in the same universe as Batman 89. That's what it's supposed to be in, in the comics, as far as I know. However, here we learn that in this alternate 2013 happens to be the future of Batman 89. So Batman does exist. It's Michael motherfucking Keaton Keaton's Batman. And in this version, it's 2013, right? And there's there's some really cool details about this about this Batman, about the uh, Burton Batman, Burton versus Batman. You have, first of all, uh, it's we kind of get like the Dark Knight Returns version. He's like he's older. He's 30 years out. He's 30 years older. He he's got like the he's got a bushy beard and long hair, and and Wayne Manor is super dilapidated. And we've seen a variation of this, you know, a few times now. We saw it in uh, Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight Rises, an atrocious version, I might add. Dark Knight Rises, terrible, terrible film, right? Yeah, the Eric Stoltz, that was a great Easter egg. In real life, in our real reality, Eric Stoltz was the original Marty McFly, and uh, Barry 18's roommate has a friggin' tattoo. That's Marty McFly. It's so fucking good. It's like the greatest tattoo I've ever seen. Uh, that had me cackling. Like I said, I cackled a lot when I was watching this. But yeah, that was something that really, again, you know, showed us where we are. So in 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 the Burton verse, it is Eric Stoltz who is Marty McFly. But in any case, this is clearly a Batman of the '90s, even in this twenty, this alternate 2013, and that was what was so cool. This is the '90s Batman from that world. And it gets really solidified when we get this little Easter egg, the laughing pouch that Jack Nicholson's Joker had, right? Going ha, 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 when he finds the pouch. So this is that Batman, okay? This is that very Batman. And now, and he doesn't really want it. We get this stupid little like, oh, I don't want to help you guys because, you know, I'm not, I'm going to sit this one out. And it's dumb because Batman would never do that. Although who knows, maybe Michael Keaton's Batman would never do that. And I like completely neglected to mention that this is also 2013, which is when General Zod comes to the earth seeking out. Um, he, he's looking for a citizen of his planet. We think that it's going to be Kal-El, but in reality, he's looking for, uh, oh God, uh, Kara, Kara Zor-El. And she's the cousin of, of, of Kal-El and in this world you know there's a there's a few different origins of Superwoman and Supergirl and whatnot and I guess the modern version is like she is a teenager that comes from Krypton to to uh to Earth and she's she was uh tasked with actually protecting baby Kal-El and their pods got separated on the way to Earth so General Zod is ready to, you know, terraform the planet, all that stuff that happened in 2013, except they don't have a Kryptonian to help them fight. 
they convince Batman to track down wherever they think Kal-El is going to be. And as it turns out, Kal-El happens to be uh, in Russia or they think he's in Russia. Um, There's no, oh yeah, there's no meta, wait, what? There's no metahumans in Tim Burton verse. Interesting. Metahumans didn't exist in Tim's, in Tim, didn't exist in Michael Keaton's verse. Interesting. Interesting. I, I always thought that, I don't know. I read somewhere online that, that uh, Christopher Reeves Superman is in the same movie verse as, as, as the Burton verse. Who knows? Who knows? Um, definitely not a hill I'm going to die on because I don't know, <clears throat> but I will take your word for it. So, so in any case, they, 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 they infiltrate this, this facility in Siberia to rescue uh, a Kryptonian that they think is going to be Kal-El and it turns out to be Kara and she's kept in like a pod and they got some red sun. They don't mention the red sun technology, but they got some red sun technology in there, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, and they, they save her. And, and of course, you know, Batman does, does uh, help them and it's great, dude. And you just get to see, you get to see the version of Michael Keaton's Batman that we always kind of wanted, but could never have because the bat suit was so crazy to wear. I mean, Michael Keaton could not turn his head. You know, he's in this thick rubber that like he can't move or anything. And I heard that Michael Keaton, when he was on the set for this, he was like, could you take a picture of me for my grandkids in the bat suit? You know? Like this dude was Batman. He's got like a million pictures of him as Batman. He's got to take a picture of himself as Batman in this suit. I mean, that's the, you know, it's funny because Michael Keaton twice, twice before in the last decade has donned some sort of superhero, uh, superhero facade. Um, first he was the vulture in Spider-Man homecoming. Great. He was so great as the vulture. And he also is in Birdman, which is kind of a meditation on him as, you know, being Batman in the 90s, which is also interesting. In any case, here he is again, and we get to see him as we've never seen Batman in a way. And it's so funny how his Batman is so different from Ben Affleck's Batman at the opening of the movie. It's really cool. And we just get to see, you know, they have a stunt devil in there. And because it's the bat suit, it's so seamless, you know, and we see these, there these shots where he's like, he puts his cape up to protect everybody from bullets. And you're just like, he's just such a friggin' badass. He's so badass. He's so great. And his technology, the tech that he has is very like 1992. Like he's using like all the stuff that he uses is old. And that was so super cool. So it's like, they literally were like, let's take Batman from like, if Batman retired after everything that happened with Catwoman and just, you know, faded off into the ether that's this Batman and like metahumans don't come. I guess metahumans don't come along until 2013. Uh, when, when, when Zod, when Zod comes out and he's just, man, he's great. Yeah. He's a real hero. I agree. I agree. He really is. He's just so, he's so badass. And he even made, you know, I've never liked the line because to me, it was never Bruce Wayne. I like the line as a funny line as like a, like a goofy sort of thing. I love it. But, you know, the line, 
you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Like that was always Michael Keaton breaking character for me. It was never Bruce Wayne. We get at the beginning too. You can see all the crazy suits that are in the beginning of Batman, the Batman 89. You see them in Wayne matter. Even down the kitchen is the same. I mean, they put so much loving detail into, and we see the Batmobile. We don't get to see the Batmobile on action, but we do get to see the Batmobile Every time something like this comes and, you know, all of this stuff is just it's nostalgia juice, you know, it's member berries, you know, and it's typically I don't like that stuff because I think it's like it's such a cop out. Let's do something nostalgic in place of in place of um, actually telling good story. Hey, remember this thing? Oh, my God. You're, my This movie is so good because you put this thing in it that I remember from my childhood and made me feel really good you know i mean because you know even though he's not my favorite batman keaton is my batman that was my i'm the fucking child of the 90s in that kind of way um it is an iconic line amy and and you know and that's what i didn't get to finish my thought on that he actually made me enjoy that line when he says it it's in the trailer too you want to get nuts let's get nuts. it, it actually it kind of works it's pretty funny he also says, how much do you weigh? Which is a nod to what he says to Vicki Vale. And like I said, Dave, the war suits at the beginning, in the beginning, the, the war suits and that those weird, um, uh, whatever, battle armor that, that he has when Vicki Vale and uh, what's his face? Uh, 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 Robert Wool, Robert Wool's character are walking through Wayne Manor. So in any case, they... They rescue Kara, and then Kara has her own minute. They both have these really sort of eye-rolling moments of like, why should I help you? And Kara's like, I'm not human. I shouldn't. I don't need to help you, blah, 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 blah. And she flies off to go meet with uh, Kryptonians and sees them slaughtering uh, soldiers. Uh, because, again, in, if you remember in Man of Steel, they give 24, what is it? They, he has 24 hours to reveal himself before they start, you know, uh, going, going hard as motherfucker, right? Um, and so they do, they launch, uh, they launch an assault. Uh, but I, I forget, I neglected to mention that, that our Barry, the, the other Barry, he does get his powers back with the help of Kara. He, he gets electrocuted. They do out the, things get Frankenstein. Fra they things turn into Frankenstein for a minute where uh, Bruce Wayne kind of becomes Victor Frankenstein. He's setting up a bat kite. Of course it is a bat kite to, to electrocute Barry Allen into getting his powers back. Uh, pretty great. So then, you know, they, they take one of the old bat suits and turn it into a flash suit, which is awesome again just like every little detail there's all the details are great and then we we get to see zod and zod is really inconsequential he is just a plot point he's just there and it's kind of crazy to think of all the things that are being mashed together in this movie um zod is there and he you know they're, they 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 battle with zod and and the two other kryptonians and all the the kryptonian army and, you know, it's that whole thing from Man of Steel about the Codex, which is all of the Kryptonian DNA is within Kara's blood, not not um, Kal-El's blood, like in the original Man of Steel. Um, there, The fight happens in the desert. Both Kara and Bruce are killed <clears throat> as uh, the two berries, like, team up together to, like, you know, kick all sorts of ass. 
they both get killed and they both go back in time uh, to, to sort of reset everything to try and save everybody. And they learn. And once again, uh, Keaton's Batman does die and he dies in a spectacular and noble way as he, you know, he goes up against a Kryptonian and who he concusses, but does not kill. And then he dies and it's, you know, it's, it feels more earned than, I don't know. It feels, it feels earned. And it's kind of like, it's a fitting end for the Keaton, the Keaton Batman, I think. And, um, and of course he's, he says a little line. I forget what he says. Something about like, this is the end of me this time. Something basically alluding to the Clooney cameo that's going to happen at the end of the movie. So they keep resetting and Barry 18, he starts to lose himself. He starts getting the shrapnel gets embedded in him. And then we see this character that's sort of been like ominous, ominously in the background and kind of put everything into motion to begin with. And that is this character of the dark flash who surprisingly turns out to be, of course, uh, Barry Allen, right? So Barry Allen is, the dark flash and um, they are also known as the dark speedster. And he was the guy who he knocked Barry out of the speed force that brought him into that alternate 2013 uh, version of Barry. But he is the older version of 2013 Barry. And he still thinks that he can save his world from Zod. And the, the, the point of Zod and like, there's never supposed to be a resolution because the idea is that Zod, that this world is always meant to be doomed and that Zod was never going to, he was never going to, you know, um, be defeated. They were never going to defeat him. And he's been, he spent decades inside of the speed force trying to stop that as this, um, this, this really dark version of the flash. And um, eventually he, he tries to kill our Barry and Barry 13, Barry 18 saves himself or saves Barry from himself, which causes future Barry to disintegrate. You know, all that again, there's a great, you know, we've had so many wonderful uh, time, time machine or time explanation. They did it in, they did it in, um, in infinity war with, uh, with Tony Stark, you know, just these, these ex- explanations of how time travel works and we get the just a fantastic one from from michael keaton's bruce wayne who who uses pasta and spaghetti as an analogy for all the you know the way time travel actually works it's great and then he dumps tomato sauce at the end and there's this little joke about the parmesan what is the parmesan uh uh, what does the Parmesan uh, symbolize? And he says, no, no, no. I think the analogy is over. That's just a garnish. That was, that was a really cute, funny line. <clears throat> Amy says Keaton's Batman's Keaton's Batman nineties gadgets are still relevant in this movie. Truly classic. Never goes out. They're wonderful. They're where does he get these wonderful toys? Um, I actually screamed. No, when Keaton's Batman died. Yeah, it was, I mean, that it was a bummer. It was totally a bummer, but it felt earned, you know, um, uh, um, he says, he says something that is kind of cliche that we hear in other movies. He says, it's kind of like a Darth Vader thing. He says, uh, but we can save you. And he goes, you already did. You already did save me. Meaning like he remembered why he was Batman in the first place. 
And he says, I've got to try to remember what he says about that whole stuff about like, you know, going, uh, trying to change things, change the past and why it was important. You know, it's important to be who you are, but that's ultimately what it comes down to. What dark flash could never realize is that he could never fix it. It was, it's an unfixable situation. And Barry has to accept that his mother simply dies no matter what he wants to do. This is something, if you've ever seen the time machine, the remake from 2002 with Guy Pierce, fantastic film. If you have not, where he's trying to save his fiance and he keeps going back over and over and he figures out that he, there's no point in going back in time because she's always meant, she's meant to die. There are these certain events that are, you know, again, as to whether like free will exists or like things are predestined or not in, in reality is, is left up for debate, but often in, in movies and things, it's always like, you know, everything's always kind of, somewhat predetermined you know when it comes to time travel in some way shape or form um so so the basically what what ends up happening is the speed force is collapsing on itself and here's where we just get we just get sights of such awe the speed force collapses on itself and we get to see different versions different we we get to peek into different dimensions or whatever alternate timelines we see christopher reeve and uh superman along with the supergirl from the 80s we see uh george reeves or no george what is his name george something as superman god what's his name the original is it also george reeves no what's his name george superman superman oh, this is really gonna bother me this is really, really going to bother me. Yeah, George Reeves. It was Christopher Reeves and George Reeves. I was right. We see George Reeves, Superman, as well. Um, we see... Try, hold on. I'm trying to remember all the ones that we see. We see uh, the Jay Garrett Flash, the first Flash. We see him. We see, we see so many. And then we see something that I never thought I would see in a movie. Something that, again, made me scream like in the theater that physically scream we get tim burton's nicholas cage fighting the giant spider at the in the third act that john peters wanted in the draft written by fucking kevin smith i thought the closest we would ever get to seeing you know nick cage's superman was the death of superman lives which is a documentary about the, this movie that never came to be. And these guys managed to get Nicholas Cage's visage. You know, I'm sure Nicholas Cage had to sign off on that as well as Christopher Reeves um, estate had to sign off on, on that as well. And, you know, my friend Bob Rose who has been on this channel many times. He said he was against Christopher Reeves being in the being portrayed in that way he called it digital necromancy and i have to hard disagree i think it's very subjective and i think when it's done in with love and respect the way that this was done this was put there because it was like hey don't forget christopher reeves was superman in 2023 christopher reeves was superman we want you to remember that that's out of that's love man 
So that was really frigging cool to me to see that little, that little tip of the hat. And then of course we get Nick cage as Superman. And this is probably, this is the ultimate fan service. This and the George Clooney thing are the ultimate fan service, man. Um, just absolutely mind boggling. Like I said, I screamed in the theater when I saw Nick cage as Superman fighting the giant. As soon as I saw that giant spider, I said, I knew exactly what this was. Anybody who's familiar with that history of that movie knows about the giant spider. They know about Nick cage being Superman. And so that's what was given to us in a, in, in, in the universe where Tim Burton's uh, Michael Keaton, Batman is, is thriving. We also get what would have been Tim Burton's Superman. And I'm dying to know what Michael, uh, what, what, what Nicholas Cage's thoughts are on this sort of cameo. I don't think Nick Cage, I think it was done completely CGI. I don't think Nick Cage had anything to do, anything to do with that. Right. Uh, let's see. It says the flashes, Nicholas Cage, Superman cameo explained, but I don't think it says anything about his reaction. Um, <clears throat> God, could you imagine Nicolas Cage as Superman? It just would have been the best. Would have been the best. Uh, yeah, this is all just about. We one day we will. We'll, maybe we'll dive into the history of of all that. Um, it's it's tremendous, man. It is just such a. It, it is worth the price of admission. It's worth the two out the hundred forty four minute runtime of everything. Even if that whole movie was irredeemably fucked and was a terrible movie just for that one moment, that one moment where Nick Cage is Superman. I mean, just mind boggling, just face meltingly. I, there's, I can't, there's not enough things I can say about this. I just, how awesome it is. And it, it, you know what it was, man, it was catharsis. It was pure catharsis, a uh, validation of something that we dreamed of seeing in the late nineties that we never ended up getting. And, now here it is almost 30 years later. I wonder what Kevin Smith must think about this as well, you know, because he technically kind of wrote that, wrote a piece of that. Um, so he ends up, so Barry ends up undoing the changes with with his mother's death. And you know, <clears throat> we get that little moment where he gets to meet his mom and it's, you know, it just, it doesn't, it, it falls a little flat for me. It doesn't feel, it doesn't have an impact. It just didn't. I, I felt like that relationship. We, it was like, we're, we're, it, I felt like it was shoved down our throat without us allowing us to earn the emotion that we would need to see from that relationship. Like we just never get it. You know, I don't know. Does that make any sense? What I'm saying, you know, <clears throat> Like we know it's supposed to be important because it's like, that's your mom, but it just didn't, I don't know. It just didn't have the weight that it was supposed to have, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, um, he finds, so he lets, so he, 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 he lets his mom go, but not before realizing that the reason why his father could not be cleared. And this is, again, this is where like also the time travel stuff did not work very well uh some of the, the a lot of sort of iffy structure of that the the mythology the whatever the rules did not really work very well at all um but he he he, he tweaks the cans he puts the cans on the top instead of the bottom and that allows his father to be show his face on the tape 
uh, security footage tape, which allows him to be free. So the silver lining of losing his mother is that he gains his father's freedom back and he could be with his dad now. And we also, we get like a little bit of the romance between him and Iris West. And it's kind of like, it's so unnecessary. It like you should have, they should have cut that and given us like, I don't know, give us some more like cameos from like alternate realities. Like I just did not need the Iris stuff. It just didn't, it didn't matter. In fact, it's done so perfectly in Zack Snyder's Justice League, the Snyder cut, whatever. We just get we everybody knows it's Iris in that thing. And it's just so it's it's like the, it's so sweet and cute and awesome. I don't know. I just really like it in this. It was not it didn't really. I don't know. It was whatever. Um, <clears throat> so he's coming out of the courthouse, at, you know, his father's trial or whatever. Everything's all good. Honky dory. And that's when we see that Bruce Wayne, uh, that Barry, because Barry moved the cans of tomato sauce from the lower shelf to the upper shelf, he has erased Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne Batman and replaced it with the George Clooney one, which is just friggin' amazing. And also kind of a sign that like trying to a message of, hey, Snyderverse is over forever. We've lost... Bruce, we've lost Ben Affleck. We're showing you George Clooney, something that is just supposed to be a one-note joke that we are never, ever going to see again. Although, if anybody could have told you, imagine 10 years ago saying, yeah, George Clooney would return as Batman or as Bruce Wayne. Could you imagine Joel Schumacher didn't live to see that? Joel Schumacher lived to see that, that George Clooney had ended up as Bruce Wayne again. I mean... Really, truly, nothing is impossible. I always said if Glenn Danzig and Jerry only can somehow reunite as the misfits, that anything in the world is possible. This is more proof of that. Anything is possible. Yes. And we get the drunken Aquaman at the end, which was kind of, un- it was n- there nothing more than to be like, hey, look, we've got every member of the Justice League back. Actually, Victor Stone. We didn't have Victor Stone. So there was that. Um, and that's the end. That is the the end of the thing. And of course he's so shocked. He's so shocked when he sees Bruce Wayne. Um, when he sees Bruce Wayne as Batman, uh, George Clooney, Bruce Wayne, Batman, his tooth pops out. I was waiting for that joke to come back around. It was the perfect button. I, it just, it was a great movie despite some of the rough, uh, some of that stuff I was talking about. It was great. It was really, really great. And you know, Listen, there's certain movies that I don't want to watch because I don't like the actor in it or the actor did something really fucked up and I can't watch it. But again, if if you can somehow compartmentalize or divorce yourself from Ezra Miller and their actions and the things that they've done and just enjoy the movie, The Flash, for being The Flash and like nothing more, then you will have a really great time. It, you really will. Um it's just, it's great. All, all friggin' wait, who the fuck is that line? What what are you referring to? I don't know what you mean. Are oh, you talking about with, uh, with, uh, with George Clooney, perhaps? Um, <clears throat> I wish all superhero movies were like this from here on out. Not multiverse movies, but just the attention to detail and, you know, going above and beyond to please you know, all of the, the, you know, people out there just unreal, unreal. So, 
Um, he's on meds now. Yeah, I, I, I don't. They, they're on meds now. I don't know. I, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know what the deal is. I know. I, I like I said. I don't want to weigh in on it or 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 dwell on it. But yeah, Clooney was great, man. What a friggin' oh god. So go out and check out the Flash. You know, if you whether you want to support it in the theater, or you want to watch it streaming. It's a movie that everybody should go and see because of the awesome things that it that it contains. And now it makes me extra curious because that Batgirl movie got shelved. Now I want to know about Michael Keaton's role in that. And would Michael Keaton ever return for a Batman Beyond movie with Terry McGinnis? That would be fucking excellent. Who knows? I mean, again, this is a movie that somehow magically had George Clooney, Michael Shannon, the um the visage of Christopher Reeves, the visage of of Nicolas Cage, you know, um who else? Three different Batmen. I mean, God, it's crazy, man. It's freaking crazy. Um, with nods to the Jack Nicholson Joker, and oh god, it's just put a what a smile on my face. Just put a smile on my face. Okay, that's it for tonight. Uh, I'm going to go back to watching the Sopranos because we're doing some Sopranos revisits. I'm I've finished season two, so we'll probably do that next. Um, I'm already knee deep into season three, so I'm going to go. My voice is going. I can't talk anymore. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there and happy Father's Day to all the single moms out there that have to be mom and dad. Um, Because that happens, too. So. Tip well. If you go out to eat, tip well. Tip all the servers well. You know, some of them don't want to be working there for Father's Day. So, okay. Goodbye.